0: Hello, my name is Claire, and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. I hope that everyone is doing good and feeling well. I am here today with another birth story episode. I know how popular these are. Um, this time I'm joined by Marissa, and Marissa is from the US and has shared her very lovely. First birth with us. Um, Marissa gave birth in a midwife-led unit, which for any of you guys in the US, you will already probably be aware, but they're not massively common. They are for us in the UK. We usually most places have them, um, like most most towns, cities. But I know for you guys in the US, it's it's not always um, an option. So Marissa kind of decided to go down the midwifery route of care and really wanted as physiological birth as possible, um, which is great. So she shares her story with us today. Before I play it, I just want to please beg everybody to, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate and review it. Five stars, please. Thank you so much. Apologies for, for the beg. I won't beg for a couple of months now. Okay, that's the deal. No more begging. Uh, but thank you. And I'll play the episode for you now because I know that you're going to really enjoy it. Okay, so hello, Marissa. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to introduce uh, yourself.
1: Sure. So um, my name is Marissa. I'm from Long Island, New York. Um, I got into listening to the podcast, basically from um, needing like extra advice after reading every book that I could possibly read. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, what, what was it that kind of got you into hypnobirthing in the first place? Like, how did you discover it? What led you down that path? Yeah. So I, um, I was diagnosed
1: with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, So I, I kind of just like dove into my health and what I was eating and inflammatory diets. Um, I'm already kind of really into eating um, natural and organic. I'm a hunter. So like I source out all my meat and fish. But when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, I looked more into like an inflammatory diet. So through reading those books, I came across something that said that your gut health is basically established when you're born and going through your mother's birth canal is something yeah. that really benefits that. And I was just shocked by that. I, I always knew obviously that breast milk was great, but the whole birth canal thing was new to me. So previously to that, reading that, I just assumed I was going to have a C section. I mean, like I'm from, you know, the United States. So we have a very yeah. high rate of c-sections a lot of people that I know have had c-sections and I had a history of high blood pressure so I just like assumed okay I'm gonna have a c-section but once mm-hmm. I started reading all of these books on like learning the statistics I was like wow there's something else to this like this yeah. is not how it's supposed to be so it's so um,
0: interesting about the gut health because that is something that we don't know like you know yeah. we don't necessarily know that we do know about like you said the benefits of breast milk and how that's so great for the baby, but you're right. Like coming through the the birth canal, they get all of uh all of your you know all of all of mum's parents,
1: um, yeah.
0: bacteria, and yeah. that helps their immune system. Yeah, so it is, that you know
1: the gut microbiome, it, and that, exactly. That, I just found that so fascinating. I was
0: um I was listening to a, a podcast the other day actually um around birth because um. Yeah, I like to also listen to podcasts around birth just to educate myself more. And they were talking about if you like do a poo in labor, basically, it's a, it's something that a lot of people obviously, you know, it happens. And a yeah. lot of people really worry about that idea because, you know, it feels like it would be really embarrassing. But actually, the baby actually benefits from that as well because they get those extra the uh, antibodies and the bacteria yeah. from that so if they do come into contact with it I think it's something that people do worry about and think oh you know yeah. that can't be good for the baby but actually it's good for them and it helps yeah. with their immune system so anything like that and actually as just to add as you were saying about cesarean something that some people do is to it's called like seeding the microbiome so mm. if you're having a, a c-section you can do things like make sure you have some of that bacteria from the vaginal canal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on things like like swab type thing and then you can put it onto the baby. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like I would always say to people to do a little bit more research into that. That's just a very vague description of what happens. (laughs) Um, but there are things you can do if you do need to have a cesarean that can help and you can benefit still from that vaginal canal bacteria. Definitely. Anyway, sorry, jump right in there <laughs> on, on you didn't know about that. But it's an important yeah, point but- And I don't, I don't think I've talked about it much on here before. So yeah. it's an important thing um to make people aware of because yeah, yeah, we're not aware and, like, of it. I think because of where
1: I started with this journey, that was all huge to me. Like I really yeah. um learned a lot about that. Yeah. So um yeah I wanted to make sure that I was set up for like no matter what happened to me. So uh, I did read a lot into that as well.
0: That's great, But
1: um, yeah, so I, I started reading these books. I read every single one in the library about it. And then I asked the librarian one day, where are the books on like natural birth? Because I read a lot on birth, but they weren't really, they weren't all geared towards oh. a natural birth. So she's like, oh, those are actually in the, the children's section. So it was a different, a whole different section of the library. <laughs> and she asked me, have you ever heard of hypnobirthing? And that was when... I started to learn about it. Like, I was like, no, what is that? And she had um, both of her babies that way at home. Um, so oh, it like, led me to this literally like a section in the library. There was probably maybe like five books on it. I read all of them immediately. And yeah. then I was like, I just knew like that was it. I wanted to yeah. do it. That way. Yeah. Um, so then, like I said, I read all of the books. So I was like, okay, now what? So I turned to your podcast and then, yeah. Every time I was driving, I would listen to it. Um, some of them I would listen to twice and that, that really like put it on another level for me. I think listening yeah. to especially the other birth stories. Yeah. One of the things that you always mention that I also read in the books and everything, you don't hear enough positive birth stories. Yeah. And that is huge. Like that really altered everything yeah. for
0: me. Yeah, yeah, cause I think you can know the, the information, which yeah. obviously is really important as well. And um you know having the the knowledge and the the why 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 this stuff is important mm. but actually yeah like hearing it in practice and hearing other people's experiences of using hypnobirthing and actually how they've still managed to use it even if things have gone away from their plan which as we know does sometimes happen yeah. um, and how you know that can still be a really positive experience I think it's just really helpful because you're seeing yeah. birth in all different types of scenarios and different things that are happening and actually you can still stay calm and have a positive experience from that um which is really important so yeah and and again like thanks for sharing your story because it does all you know it all adds to that huge benefit for people and people you know I know they do find these stories really really useful yeah um uh... yeah sorry the uh, physiological aspect of it too
1: really helped. Like nobody talks about that, you know, like you hear women talk about their, their experience, like nothing's ever, you know, women aren't really in that, you know, mind body connection that was really beneficial too. So we,
0: a lot of our, you know, for you in the U S particularly, but I mean us as well in the UK, you know, we're slightly more geared towards a kind of natural birth. Um, But still not massively like we our home birth rate is still only like two or three mm-hmm. percent which is tiny yeah. Um and I think the problem is is that our hospitals and our medical professionals they don't always understand physiological birth that like they don't yeah. understand how it works because they're not trained they're not trained in it if you're trained in a hospital setting as a midwife or you know obviously as a obstetrician or something like that then you're trained in that model which is much yeah. more medicalized so people are you know they're rarely seeing it which means they don't have any experience of it and therefore they don't have much trust in it which is what leads to our caregivers being very fearful
1: yeah and that, I, that changes well, their approach I honestly think that if I was in the UK That I probably would have tried a home birth, but because I'm in the United States and it's like so shunned upon that, even though I wanted to go naturally, I still like felt more comfortable in the hospital. Yeah, I know that over again, I'd probably do a home birth completely. You
0: have, um, you know, you have different options, don't you? I mean, and and as well, like this podcast gets listened to all over the world, so I know in you know other countries as well, Um, and you know, in some places in the UK the Home birth services are—they don't run for some reason. You know they're understaffed, so they can't run. So it, yeah. it is usually an option here. It should be an option, but it not always 100% guaranteed. But yeah. having—you know—even if—even if that isn't an option, having that understanding and kind of knowing what you can do to mimic that type of environment is really, really useful. Yeah. Um. What about your husband? Like, what was his kind of view on hypnobirthing? so I remember the, the first time I even told him about it I
1: was like um so I I just talked to the librarian and she mentioned something <laughs> called hypnobirthing and he was like like of course like everybody else thinks they think that like you're getting hypnotized yeah <laughs> so he was like you know very weirded out by it And I'm like it's not what it sounds like um it's basically just learning different techniques. And, you know, like the I was explaining to him, like the physiological aspect of it, it kind of, you know, helps you work through everything um, naturally. And he's a very calm, docile man. So I was very fearful, like, actually, that was my bigger concern was not if I could get through it. It was his support. Like I was freaking out towards the end. Like I was so afraid that I wasn't going to have the right support from him and that that would be my downfall. Yeah. So, um, but he was way more on board than I thought he would be, um, considering the type of personality he has. So um, the closer it got to me being nine months, um, he started listening to podcasts with me and then he was, you know, he was very on board, which I'll get to during the story. But Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think sometimes as well, like the kind of being calm is probably also a bit of a benefit because that means that you have a birth partner who is going to, like the main thing really, you want somebody there that's going to be able to speak up and advocate for you, which obviously is sometimes necessary, but also having somebody that isn't going to be in the corner freaking out about what's happening is really useful because you don't, you don't want to take it that does. on, do you? You don't want to take that um, kind of stress on. So being mm-hmm. quite calm and mm-hmm. and chilled is is a good thing as well. I think yeah. um, my husband's the same, actually. Very, very like no issue with anything, which I get. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, are you gonna are you gonna be able to stand There's up some for your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But actually, I think when it comes to the the birth, it means actually they might be quite calm, and yeah. which is nice. Um, yeah. So. Talk us through the birth. What what yeah. happened? Tell us from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so um I was doing
1: all of the things. Like I was having date shakes every single morning. Amazing. Curb walking. I was seeing a chiropractor. Um, you know, like cat cows, like literally yep. everything that I could do because I was so afraid since it was my first birth that I was going to go over and they were going to try to induce me. Yeah. Now, I mean, I was in a midwife led unit uh, at this point. So, right. or a midwife, you know, office. Yeah. Um, so I, I was not too fearful, but still like at the same time, I'm in the United States and I know the statistics. So yeah, um, I was trying very hard to, to make sure yeah. that I went naturally. So now a week before my due date, I was supposed to be in a wedding that I had, regretfully like pulled out of, but still wanted to attend. So yeah. I'm feeling great. I'm like, there's no way I'm having this baby anytime soon because I just feel too good. So I go to the wedding. I'm even wearing four inch heels. Like when I, at least when I got there, Amazing. um, yeah, so I, you know, I didn't really dance cause only because it felt awkward too, not because I couldn't or didn't want to. Yeah. Um, but then like towards the end of the night, a song came on and I got up and I danced and at this point I was feeling the same as I kind of did on and off um, throughout the, the third trimester. Uh, I was having, you know, like very mild back pain, um, just like very mild discomfort, nothing that would ever be alarming to me or different from, you know, what I had felt. So I'm dancing and everything's great. And then I go into the bathroom and I noticed what I was like, that has to be the beginning of my mucus plug. Right. Oh, so I was in the bathroom, just like, oh, so happy. I was like, this is it. Like it's starting to happen. Uh, <laughs> I also knew that like your mucus plug can start almost a week before. So now I'm yeah. a week before my due date. So I'm like, still not thinking like that I'm going to go into labor at all. It's all very positive though, like positive yeah.
0: signs. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So, um, just such happiness. Yeah. So I come out of the bathroom and I tell like my close friends at the table and my husband, and I'm like, I think that was the, at least the beginning of my mucus plug. Now this was like 1030 that night. Um, so we stay at the wedding. We've, we, you know, get home at around 1130, 12 o'clock and, uh, we get in bed. And before I even fell asleep, I had my first contraction. Oh, wow. And I was like, now, I never had Braxton Hicks through my whole pregnancy, so I didn't know what it felt like. So I'm like still in denial. I'm like, that had to be <laughs> Braxton Hicks. There's no way I'm going into labor. <laughs> so um, I'm like, I can't be that lucky to go into labor a week ago. Yeah. My first yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. So um, I go to sleep and I get woken up a few hours later. Same kind of cramps, like felt like uh, period cramps that like just like flashed that came and went quickly. Right. So I keep going back to sleep. Then by like 4 a.m., they're intense, like enough that I'm standing on the side of the bed, kind of working through them, like, you know, rocking my hips back and forth. Now, what was crazy that happened in the middle of all of this, uh, we were sleeping with the windows open and we have chickens. So I'm standing there in the middle of a contraction and I hear my chickens screaming. And I was like, oh my God, I'm literally in the middle of a contraction. I had to close the window because I was like getting traumatized by it. I was like, I have to stay in a good mindset. I was like, so I closed the window. And then when I was done with the contraction, I wake my husband up and I'm like, you have to go outside. Like something's attacking the chickens. I could tell like, by the way, they were screaming. So he goes out there and he doesn't come like right back in. So I'm like, something's happening. So now I go downstairs. I see him like with a flashlight, like in the backyard. So I go out there. And there was a raccoon in the chicken coop. Oh my so he goodness. You got, got to figure out how to get all the chickens out. So like we were dealing with that. I'm literally having contractions in the middle of, <laughs> of, of all of this. Cause it took like a good half an hour to get all the chickens out, get the raccoon wow. out, whatever. So yeah. I, I just, I'll never forget that. I was like in my kitchen, like leaning over the counter, like having a contraction. And I'd go back
0: outside and like check on it with the chickens. Do you know what's great though? Because you're, it didn't slow down, de- like it didn't, stop it that could have yeah. quite easily because you probably got a bit of adrenaline when that happened yes. because Yeah, because you were you know obviously trying to trying to exactly. sort something out so quite easily I suppose but that's good yeah. because that was a sign most probably that you know you were well underway
1: oh yeah but it also that's a good point that you bring up it it also shows like how focused I was like I was yeah. so prepared and yeah. so focused on what i needed to do that as soon as i felt a contraction coming i was like okay like switch yeah, you like, focused on sleep. that yeah. yeah 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 so um now it's like 4 35 o'clock in the morning my husband went back to bed for a little bit because i said to him i was like he's like do you want me to stay up and i was like no you have to rest too like yeah i can't go back to sleep but i want you to at least go back to sleep so he went to bed um probably to like 6 37 o'clock i was up um, now they were definitely getting more intense. And now at this point I knew I'm like, okay, these aren't and Hicks. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. So, um, he was up with me pushing on my hips, uh, which definitely at that stage, yeah. that early stage that relieved it so much. Then I said, okay, let me try to get in the tub. I couldn't sit down. I was like already Mm. at the stage where I had so much pressure back there that I just didn't want to sit. So now I stood in the shower for an hour, but this, uh, it helped just as much as applying the pressure to my hips, having the water run on me.
0: Yeah, Uh, shower was great. It can be a great thing to do. Yeah. yeah,
1: everybody should try that. Like, yeah. Even if you're not doing hypnobirthing, like should yeah. if, if you're still home working through contractions, yeah. you should absolutely try it.
0: Particularly because um, you're you're standing up as well, which is great, obviously, for, for gravity and helping, yeah. you know, baby's head. Yeah, I was head. still like rocking my hips
1: back and yeah. forth. And I was just like leaning over because we have a, a pole on one side. So I was like holding yeah. on to that, just leaning back and forth. Um, something very interesting that I found that worked with as far as like, oxytocin even my husband wasn't in there with me so I was like you know what let me just try this whole I know they say like when you kiss or like anything like that like it releases the oxytocin so I don't know what made me try it or whatever but and it sounds so weird now that I think about it but I I like kissed my arm my own arm Oh right yeah like Instantly, it just like the rush of oxytocin. Wow, it was crazy. Yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) And again, I don't know
1: what made me even try that, but I, I literally, it just, it totally took away. While that's amazing. Yeah. Go. That's something for
0: other people to try. You never know. Yeah, because yeah. you would
1: never think to do that. I don't know what no. made me do it, but it worked.
0: No. It must have felt yeah. very instinctive, I suppose, to do yeah. that. And that's yes. obviously yeah. <laughs> it
1: worked. So yeah, it just ha- still had that nurturing effect on me, even though, yeah. 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 So um, then after an hour, I was like, okay, I guess like I was getting a little tired from standing up. Yeah, so yeah. I got out of the shower, um, and then I decided to start using the stim machine on my yeah. lower back, which so, is like
0: a, a tens machine, right? Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, my husband put that on me and I was laying like sideways on the couch. Um, I was when I would feel a contraction coming, I would like heighten it, but not by much, you know, like just a little bit. And he was still like helping with massaging and, you know, just lightly rubbing my back and applying the pressure to my hips. Now, at this point, I had already made a phone call to my midwives because I was, they were relatively close together, the contractions, yeah. but they weren't long. So they were like five, like three to five minutes apart, but they were only lasting 20 to 30 seconds. Right. So yeah. they told me to stay home until they were about a minute long. Yeah. So now I've, I've been on the couch, I'm fading in and out of sleep while my husband is rubbing my back. And before I knew it, about an hour went by and I didn't even realize And I asked my husband, oh, how long are my contractions now? And he goes, well, that one was about like a minute and 10 seconds. I was like, what? Wow. Like you, I've been working through minute long contractions and you didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So now I called the midwives back and he, he was very um, focused on keeping me home as long as possible because I had mentioned that to him and I told him the benefits of it. And I think he also would rather be home than in the hospital himself. Yeah. yeah. So, um, even after that, he was like, let's just give it a little longer. Let's give it a little longer. Yeah. So, um, we stayed home as long as I felt was actually yeah. possible. And then I I knew that there was a marathon going on in my neighborhood because I have a farm on my block and the farm oh, wow. does a run. And I just knew that it happened to be that day. So I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen when we try okay. to leave the neighborhood. <laughs> so I said, let's let's start making our way there. Now, the hospital is only 10 minutes away from me. So I was like, really not that worried. So I get in the car. I had to be on my knees facing backwards. So I could not sit. Like there was yeah. so much pressure. I was like, absolutely not. So I'm kneeling backwards in the car. Um, and we're on our way there. And the guy for the the marathon stops us in the road. And like, there was another (laughs) car coming. So he stops us and he's like waving the other car to go. Oh no! (laughs) My husband's trying to be like, hi, like we have to go. So we pull up to the guy. He was probably like, what is this woman doing? (laughs) He's like, go, go, go. So, um, then we get to the hospital and we go through, you know, the security or whatever, and they send us up to the midwife, um, unit. So we're in the triage room and I'm like, I just felt like I'm going, I'm going into labor like soon. Like I just yeah. knew it. So I knew that they were going to admit me. It was just a matter of them doing all the tests. So yeah, they put the monitor on me and then she did an exam, which I knew I wanted to do one when I first got there, but I was kind of really against having them often. Yeah. Um, That was like a big thing for me, which ended up, I didn't even need to because everything happened so fast, but that was like huge to me. I was like, I only want like a tops two exams. Yeah. I knew one of them I wanted when I got there. So I get there She does the exam and she tells me I'm six centimeters. And I was like, wow, I started giggling. I was like smiling, so happy. I was like, oh, I made it. Like I I got to a point that I wanted to get to. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, I was super happy. And then they put us in a room. Uh, They gave me a birthing ball and they were basically like, all right, Right. you know, like do your own thing. We'll be here if you need us. We're going to come in once an hour. Mm -hmm. Just to to throw the monitor on you quick and but yeah. otherwise you're you know you're right. good yeah so um, I was very happy with that um, that was one of the big reasons I switched to the midwives from my original OB yeah because um, that was that's like no big deal to them but if I had stayed with my previous practice yeah you would have had a different like, experience oh, definitely yeah, like yeah. Big time yeah. yeah so um they you know I I was doing like those deep like cow like moans through my contractions and then once I started progressing more I think the midwives started coming in more and more because they they heard the transition yeah um but to to backtrack a little before the transition started um they had the anesthesiologist come in just as it's like protocol that they have to tell you what would happen (laughs) if you needed an epidural or it's not the most helpful is it (laughs) yeah so again like I think if I didn't practice all this and yeah. listen to all these podcasts on other yeah. people's stories and what happens physiologically when you get stressed out yeah I think it would have been the
0: end all yeah. for me um, which probably happens for so many people they you know they oh, might sure. have been yeah totally fine in their labor everything going as it mm-hmm. should and then they start someone starts talking to them about potentially at some point having an epidural even though that's completely furthest thing from their mind they don't need one they don't want one but yeah Yeah. of course it's going to have an effect on then how you oh okay I need to maybe I do need one and all of these things yeah whereas yeah yeah
1: and then
0: then labor slows you know yeah yeah yeah
1: so having all of those tools like yeah it really I think it it was like all of these things like all the things pieced together that led up to You know, my ideal uh, birth. But so he comes in and he's telling me all this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, okay. And it's not that I was totally against an epidural. Like, it's not like I was one of those people that was like, no, I'm not getting one, you know, but I just wanted to see how, you know,
0: what I could do. And also at that point, like, you were already very well educated about everything to do with birth. So, you know, you don't necessarily. I know it's their their protocol, but you don't necessarily need somebody to come in and tell you what happens during yeah. an epidural because you know that you know you know that there is an option. You know what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: you don't necessarily exactly.
0: need to hear it. Yeah. yeah. And
1: like they don't realize that I I as you know yeah. was that educated on it so um yeah. But to add to that, also I didn't want to do the vitamin K or the Hep B. Yeah. Um, but they were like the happy, they were fine. Like they didn't question right. me on it, but the vitamin K, they were like, we want somebody from the NICU to come in and speak with you. Really? So, they, yeah. So they had, um, a resident come in and explain to me like why it's more beneficial than not. Um, so I ultimately ended up with the vitamin K. Uh, yeah. I still didn't do the happy, but yeah. having them in the room was so distracting Yeah. That it made my contractions so much worse. Like yeah, being alone and being focused was like exactly what I needed to progress and just like the distraction of having people in the room. You're so- being
0: asked to think about stuff. Like you're suddenly being asked to think about this vitamin K injection, you know, and someone's talking to you. So of course that like the thinking part of your brain is suddenly switched back on because you're yeah. having to take in... Information mm-hmm. that they give you, whereas before there's no one in the room, you were left on your own, so that part of your brain you didn't need to use it. So yeah, yeah like it's crazy that they they yes. do it in the middle of your labor. Really, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. And that it just that made me the like
1: I can't imagine like um another like type of unit like uh, not a midwife led one well, that yeah. constantly have somebody in there or constantly monitoring you. Like yeah. how tense your body probably always is like i had my really calming spa music on we yeah. shut all the the blinds so it was like nice and dark in there um and when they did come in they were i i basically didn't even know they were in the room good. like yeah. they were That's so good. quiet they never like really asked me anything till i was in transition oh good so yeah so then it got to that point where like the um the midwife came in and she could tell that like I was probably moving into transition, although yeah. I didn't realize at the time. So she was like, let, you know, do you want to do an exam? Um, just to see where you're at. Cause I had so much rectal pressure that now I, I couldn't even stand up anymore. Cause I was, no. I was on the side of the bed, um, for the, the good beginning part of it like working through my contractions with my husband doing the counter pressure um I'm also now at this point go every time I get a contraction I'm cranking the machine up on my back as high as it goes and I don't even feel it right yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is progressing did you Um, was the baby was your baby back to back was she back to back
0: no position oh she wasn't wasn't. sometimes sometimes you can feel more pressure in your back obviously yeah
1: Back to back. And now at this point, like I, you know, it's my first baby. So I didn't even realize how much rectal pressure pressure I had. I just assumed yeah. that, that was normal. Um, I was also fearful of her breaking my waters because I didn't want it to intensify. You know, I've heard yeah. that the contractions will get more intense. Yeah. Um. So I, the first time she asked me, I said, "Let's wait another hour." So then she comes back in, and then I agreed to have her break my waters. Yeah. Uh, we had a conversation about how, as long as I stay calm and keep my pelvic floor relaxed and everything, that it'll s- still progress. Uh. And that at this point, I wasn't so worried about being on the continuous monitoring because yeah. I was not in any shape to get up anyway. Like yeah. I was just okay. Yeah. Like yeah so um she breaks my waters and I was just like again like I smiled like I was like oh this was such a relief like yeah instant rectal pain relief like I oh, so was your it was your waters where your yeah your uh, waters were yeah I pushing think, yeah. so hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <was> like <laughs> so intense um so then the first contraction comes after she breaks my waters and it was so much more mild than what I had been dealing with because interesting yeah because Yeah. Yeah. So I have to say the, the cramping was more intense, but I was so much more comfortable. Like I was like welcoming to the, the cramping over the rectal pressure. Yeah. So then that was, that was good for like a few contractions. I was able to like, feel good about them. Um, And then when the midlife, the midwife left the room, she was like, okay, the next time that you start to feel that pressure again, it's going to be the baby's head. So we're getting very close. So I don't know how many more contractions I had before then. It didn't feel like, to me, it felt like I had two, but it was
0: more than that. Um, Time time
1: does just go, doesn't it? You just have no
0: concept of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So now um, the rectal pressure came back and the nurse happened to be in the room when it happened. Uh, So I got like down on my, like, I like squatted into a deep squat because that's just like instinctively what I wanted to do. And the nurse was like, don't, push don't push because <laughs> you're like not ready for that at all but um i wasn't ready to push but that just happened no. instinctively what i wanted to do so then i i got on all fours because i was like let me do a cat cow and see if yeah. like just really move this along the second i did it i was like woof like here we go like wow. I, I one cat cow and it must have moved her like oh, right wow. down. yeah Amazing. so yeah. Uh, from that point on, I was laying on my side on the bed. Like I yeah. could not. Be. So that was not how I wanted to birth at all. Um, I thought that I would be able to do it in a squatted position. I even yeah. had like a different nurse that wasn't in there the whole time came in and she must have been a little more on board with like the hypno because yeah. She was, let's get you the bar. Let's get you up. And I was like, okay, let's try it. So they come in with the bar. Now the rest of this is just blurry to me. <laughs> it's like I remember seeing the bar. I remember them trying to get me up. And I was like, nope, yeah. it's
0: not happening. Like this is no. just what it is. I'm gonna be laying yeah. down. That was but um, that's your that is where you needed to be. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, I always say to people, we can you can definitely be aware of the different types of positions, you know, and it's it's useful to know the different kinds of positions you could try, but ultimately like your body is going to put you where you need to be. And that might be because that's where your baby needs you to be. I ended up with my second birth. I ended up on my back um, because I had tried moved around so much trying to get comfortable. I just couldn't get comfortable anywhere. Mm. And I was fighting the fact that I wanted to get on my back. Like I knew I'd be more comfortable, but because we're so told, you know, we, we must do that that I was fighting it and actually in the end I was like you know what I just need to go on my back and as soon as I was on my back she was born pretty quickly and so I always you know really stress that just do what feels good and if it is laying on your back or on your side like on your side is is preferable to on your back um but you know if it is that then that there might be a bigger reason we don't know about the baby needs you to be there Yeah. yeah so you know you have to listen to your body yeah Yeah. I mean I even
1: I had a a birthing stool with me. I had a lot of things I didn't use. Like I had like essential oils for my diffuser, like a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. that I didn't end up needing because it went so fast. Yeah. So I was on my side and I knew I was in transition. Like I kept telling my husband, like, if I have another one like that, I can't do it. I was like, I can't do this. And it was you, you are doing it. You are doing it. So classic. then I'm like classic like, sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, exactly. And that that also helped me. I was like, yeah. I have to be close. Like if I feel like I can't do yeah. it anymore, like this is it. So um my husband actually suggested gas and air. And yeah. now that was like the furthest thing from my mind. I was afraid of feeling nauseous because I really hadn't had anything to eat that day. Um, I mean, I had electrolyte water. So like I was, my energy level was still pretty good. um, But I was definitely worried about getting nauseous with it. And I know, and even the midwife was like, it doesn't take the pain away. It's just going to help you breathe through them. So I was like thinking in my head, like, well, how is that going to help? But my husband was like, just bring it in. So they bring it in (laughs) and what a game changer! Like, I don't know why people say it doesn't take the pain away because when I used it correctly, I was like, "Yeah, no, it's pretty good." Oh my god! Yeah, it was. If I messed up, like when to start it, it was yeah, like. I couldn't do it like that that feeling I can't do this but when I was able to get that mask on my face before the contraction started like when I knew it was coming I see
0: it was like I could do this for hours like I was I think like it's one of those feelings that's like uh, if you know if people haven't ever used a, it's hard to know what the feeling is but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you've had like too much to drink or something and you like fall over I mean, you know, this is a very extreme example, but just because probably a lot of people might, or you hurt yourself in some way, yeah. they might better relate to it. You kind of know it hurts, but you don't really care that much, it's and it's kind of similar to that. Where, yeah. yeah, like you, you still know something's happening. You can still feel it. Doesn't completely take. It's not like an epidural that completely yes. like numbs you. Mm-hmm. You still know it's there, but it doesn't affect you as much. It so you the intensity, yeah, yeah.
1: and That's it's a an, it's quite intention. a nice
0: feeling. Like yeah, quite, I quite enjoyed it. I know some people don't like it because mm-hmm. it does make you feel a bit like, Ugh, but the good thing with it is that you can just stop breathing it in and then it goes away. Yeah. And I um, honestly, I didn't get lightheaded at all. I was worried I about know. that. I didn't yeah. feel
1: lightheaded. Um, but I was only taking, like, like you said, you're in control. So I was only taking yeah. one breath in yeah. and then I would, I would take it off of my face and just like finish the contraction. But like yeah. being able to take that deep breath in, I think is what yeah. is just beneficial about it. Like it's not even the the gas part of it. It's just the you have a mask on your face so you just have no choice but to like take in that deep yeah. breath because that's the, yeah. p- the purpose of having it there. And yeah. um it just re- you know it does what it's supposed to do with your body and relaxes everything and opens yeah. everything. And yeah. It helps
0: with your breathing. I think it helps like yeah. it helps kind of you focus and mm-hmm. and stay with and that that's breath. What it was.
1: Yeah, it was just to me. I really felt like it was the the whole aspect of having to focus on my breathing yeah. so much harder because there was a mask on my face.
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, so- they don't always. We
0: don't really have in the UK. We don't really have the masks. I know not everywhere has like the mask that co- would cover your face. We'd have a handheld like nozzle that you put in your mouth. Okay. So you only put it in your mouth when oh. you're breathing in. Yeah, um, which can help, and people bite down on it as well. Like that's what people yeah. can sometimes find useful is to bite down. It's like a nozzle, I suppose. Yeah, that would probably um, be a little
1: more difficult. It's a little more. Yeah, because you
0: can't. I suppose you um, you know, you have to. You're holding it, so you're. Kind yeah, of, mine if, was
1: over like my nose, my whole mouth.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's slightly different, and I guess like in I, probably some places in the US have have um the nozzles, and probably some places yeah. here have the have the masks. So it just varies. But
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that. I was so happy that my husband advocated for me with that because yeah. I was not thinking and yeah. which is what I knew was going to happen. Um, yeah, so I had him listen to your podcasts. Great. And was <laughs> one of the things that like he took Good. away from the podcast was yeah. we listened to birth stories and he heard somebody yeah. say that they use that successfully. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. So now, um, I had the nurse was up near my head and the midwife was like, down you know telling me um that she was starting to see the head crown um so I like I reached down to feel but it was still way too early like she right, was like yeah. she's way up there still yeah. um but she's like keep going I could see her head she's got a lot of hair and that uh-huh. like, was encouragement for me because I was <laughs> yeah. like oh god like, it must be close um the other thing that really encouraged me was when because I I told them I'm like I feel the urge to push like I knew yeah. it was happening she brought in the, like the long table i mean the table was like eight feet long so like as soon as i saw this table with all the tools yeah. on it i was like it's happening yeah i that was also like this this like just happiness that like okay here yeah. we are like it's, yeah. it's happening um so the contractions feel so different when you're like pushing But like, yeah they're
0: different yeah
1: yeah so it was, I was not feeling the surges as bad. I was still using the gas and air, but like, it's just a different type of, of feeling yeah. um, like you have to go to the bathroom. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. 10. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm, I'm pushing. And now the nurse next to me is like basically making me bear down. She's like, you're not putting your chin to your chest enough. Like yeah. you have to like arch forward. Cause like, even my husband told me after the fact, I was like arching backwards, like right. Every- I felt the contraction during the push phase. Like I just yeah. wanted to like open up and, and they mm-hmm. wanted me to like close in basically and like bear down. Um At that point I was so exhausted and I didn't want to like say like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. It's hard. Sailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was bearing down. Yeah. Um, The head came out and my husband told me after the fact as well, that the midwife actually told me to stop. Um, to back up again a little bit before the head came out, she did a perineal massage on me. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, We were at the stage where we knew it was close and like yeah. the head was kind of like popping in and out. So she yep. stopped me and in between she did a little massage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, once the head came out, she was telling me to stop pushing, but I, I like the nurse next to me was like the whole time just telling me like, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> oh, right. Stop. Yeah, so now I'm just like keep going, and my husband was like, "She flew out. Oh my like, goodness, she flew out so fast, uh, right <laughs> after the head. But I got a second degree tear, so oh, okay. it was like if right, I had, yeah. just, you know, if I knew the midwife it's, it's so hard
0: though. Yeah, if you've yeah. got two different people saying different things, like, and then you're trying to listen yeah. to yourself as well, like it's it's you know yeah. it's hard, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I didn't feel any ring of fire. Like I never. No. Felt I think that. I, I obviously wouldn't have tore as much if I had yeah. stopped and and just given it a minute. Um, but you know, I still yeah. was happy with my recovery, uh, even yeah. with that. Um, so then they, you know, she she came out, and it's just this like the that re- that feeling that everybody talks yeah. about, it's like that gush oh, the relief. Of- yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the relief, the instant relief, yeah, um, the instant shakiness, like you're dreaming. yeah boom yeah. um so they they put her on my chest and i wanted to do delayed cord clamping which i didn't even need to ask them because they're midwives so they they automatically right. do so skin yes, to skin right. automatic um delayed cord clamping um so they they let it basically go white and then they um, cut it yeah so now i'm violently shaking through all of this like it's just uh, yeah. that Adrenaline feeling, which the I was adrenaline, yeah not about. Yeah, like yeah. all these things. Like I was expecting yeah. them, so it just like didn't yeah. even phase me. um But then the, the sutures came, which I would—they were supposed to leave the gas in there, and there for me. Oh no, they that, didn't, and they didn't. It was oh, no. the took it out. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm—I'm I'm still not thinking much of it, right? I'm like, yeah, just push a baby out. Like I could do this. Like it's yeah, not that was yeah. it was. That was did the they give you do
0: they give you like a local anesthetic or
1: something? Well so they tried. They gave yeah. me gave me the uh, lidocaine shot. Um yeah. and she started suturing me and the the top layer wasn't so bad, but when she had to do the muscle yeah. I was like, "Whoo, like no, that that's worse than what I just went through." Like that yeah, was but, Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, labor was easy and I even said to the doctor suturing me, I was like the labor did not feel like this. Like I would, yeah. have, I would have rather delivered another baby than had the that. The gas
0: and air, I definitely think, yeah, they could have, yeah. they could have left oh, that so for tough. you. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm squeezing my husband's
1: hand as they're suturing me. And then they tried to give me a second shot, which the shots hurt just as much. As yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it never worked. Like the, right. the lighting just wasn't effective for me. Like right. I felt every single suture.
0: Oh and my that
1: was yeah, that was the bad part for me. Um, yeah. so I could definitely and I even did the massages on myself. Yeah, I probably didn't start them as soon as I should have. I waited till maybe like the last two weeks of my pregnancy. I
0: mean, sometimes you know, like you can do everything, but sometimes yeah. you know yeah. it might happen regardless. I know, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, know, that's but... just it. I, I did so many deep squats. Like I, I
1: thought that. Yeah. I was in um good shape for it but yeah. again like I, I read a bunch of things that make total sense about how yeah. we are like very sedentary like just exactly our, yeah like we're not the way that we were built no. like we sit, on, anatomy, we sit on chairs and things like yeah, that so exactly. yeah that, like that our anatomy is not the same anymore like no or I should say our anatomy is the same, but we don't do the same things yeah. to keep yeah. our anatomy up with how we're supposed to birth. So exactly, it's not yeah. as stretchy as it should be.
0: No, And yeah, this is, yeah. So sometimes it's gonna. Yeah. Have a little tear. Yeah. So
1: that part. And, but even still, like even with the tear, I felt like having that instant, like I could still feel everything. Like I yeah. just, I still felt so good. Um so then they, they put me in the wheelchair to bring me to uh, the postpartum room. And um, yeah, I was just, amazing. I felt, I was, I was very happy with how it all happened. Yeah. I couldn't believe how fast it happened.
0: Yeah, so, so how far, how long was it all in total?
1: Yeah. So from my first contraction um, was midnight the night before. And I had her at 3.16 wow. that time. So it was 13 hours of labor. I would say I was in the hospital for about four to four and a half hours.
0: Yeah, it's very Um, fast. Yeah.
1: And then I was only pushing for about 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's really fast as well for the first first baby. Yeah, yeah, it
1: was. And then my husband, he was like, um, he's like that, like, I think it was like a day later. He was like, That was really fast, and I was like, "Didn't feel like it for me," but I'm glad that it was a good
0: experience for you too. Yeah, do you know what most most first time babies like that that kind of pushing stage is over an hour. Like for most people, like to do it under an hour. And obviously, this is like all down to just how your your body acts. You know, there's is not a whole lot you can do to make it quicker. Although, definitely, the movement you were doing and things like that would have helped. Like you were. I know, I know you said you were doing lots of like side to side rocking and things like that. Yeah. That's all going to help because that's going to get baby to kind of be even yeah. further engaged, which is helpful. Um, but yeah, like 20 minutes is, is amazing. I think, um, my first, uh, my, with my first, my pushing stage was about three hours. I think
1: it's yeah. very long, which
0: is still not that, that long considering. Well, so- I mean, no, but, that yeah. felt long, but yeah, it, it, but then second time, like, I mean second time was obviously much faster and if you yeah. if you ever have a, another baby then yours would be like yeah, quick. I know, I just sneeze. <laughs> sneeze and the baby will come out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh duh, that was wow. I was definitely happy with how fast it happened. It's amazing. Yeah. And she was already which I knew from you know my my previous exam with the midwives um, they don't do ultrasounds like it's right. very standard to do ultrasounds like at the later end of pregnancy, but when you're yeah. with the midwives, they don't do them. So she was no. basically just feeling my stomach at my, my previous exam, um, telling me that she was head down. Um, she was, uh, posterior, posterior, anterior, whichever one. Uh, is-
0: it would her. be anterior where she'd have her back, back to, to my your stomach, f- your front. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So she was in a good position, um, that's and great. she was definitely low. Like I felt that, that yeah. pressure, like her head was down there and engaged for like yeah. a good amount of time before I went. Yeah. Into- that
0: happens with first babies as well. Like they, because your pelvis is not, um, you've not had a baby before it, yeah. the, the baby's head kind of stays in there. Whereas kind of second mm-hmm. time, everything's a little bit more relaxed. So yeah, the baby's head comes out a bit more. Yeah. You know. But that's very normal. But, I but so too, like I was usually, into... so sorry, with your uh, midwife care, so you would have had was your last ultrasound about what twenty weeks or something? Yep, it was the yeah, end of the scan at twenty weeks, yeah, that's pretty common over here actually. I mean, we are we are primarily <laughs> midwife led, um. So most places over here, you'd have like a twelve week and a twenty week scan, um, and then some hospitals, my local hospital, do a thirty six week scan, but. I believe there's only five hospitals in the UK that do a 36-week scan, yeah. which I think seems like a really good thing. Like everybody likes a chance to see their baby again. But I've talked about this before, I'm sure, on here, but having those later scans in pregnancy often cause problems because mm-hmm. they start to say, oh, you know, your baby looks really big or your baby looks yes, too small. that's what I was and- just thinking they create then problems where, when you're at a point in your pregnancy, you know, you're 36 weeks, you're starting to feel maybe a bit vulnerable. And I think towards the end, some fears do creep in a bit because yeah. you're getting towards the time where it's going to happen. So it's a very sort of awkward time for yeah. those things to be brought up, which happens yeah. often. I hear about it all the time. So I think it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. 20 week like, one- all of my,
1: all of my friends, they're like, you're not getting another scan. Like yeah. so bizarre to everybody. Cause especially yeah. like here in the United States, like they do so many scans yeah. and just, you know, like I'm not saying anything negative about it, but no. w- that was one thing that I did think I was like, I'm kind of glad I don't know what size she is because exactly. I feel like, yeah, that adds the stress and
0: it yeah. could change,
1: you know, like the doctor's perspective on it, even though I was, I was seeing the midwives, but yeah, just I kind
0: of, I, I don't know. I was. I was carrying so well and I felt so good that I was like, and that's the main thing like, that is the yeah. ma- like that. There's nothing more important than that, that if you feel fine, if yeah. baby's fine, what and is all there the to that worry I about. Heard about? Like th- through the
1: podcast and through everything else about how like your, your body is not going to produce a, baby that you can't deliver like exactly you know everybody's always so quick to say like oh your hips aren't wide enough like you're gonna needing a c-section like you're not you know a a child bearing like anatomy and all that it's just nonsense yeah
0: and people (laughs) say it from when you're young as well like people make those comments from when you're kind of younger so you go through like probably a large portion of adult life believing Mm -hmm. that your hips are too narrow to birth a baby and of course like then you know that's going to feed into then how you feel and that takes a lot of undoing yeah um but so being educated on all that stuff like it's just so important and like absolutely I I
1: I just try to stress like everybody I know like now going forward that's pregnant like it's like you don't have to want to go on medicated to practice it like it can benefit you in so many other ways to just know like your own anatomy and the whole yeah. physiological aspect of it and the calming effects of it. Like, yeah, it's just all, like being able to
0: stay home
1: and labor as long as you can before going to the hospital. Yeah. All those things. And, you
0: know, just... so many people don't, like, we don't learn about, you know, the physiological side of it when we're at school and we don't really learn about what happens in labor yeah. i mean you know perhaps that wouldn't be appropriate for school but you know we just don't learn it so yeah. a lot of people do go-, go into their labor not you know not knowing about yeah, it like if you're keeping your jaw tight like yeah
1: you're and very
0: simple like very simple yeah. things and i think it was at the beginning you said that you um after you'd read a lot about it, you completely changed your mind and thought, how can I like not want to have uh, you know, like a natural birth? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Once you understand it all, how can you not want like you because you can so see how much sense it all makes that yeah. actually, you know, we are designed to to do that's this exactly process. It. Yeah. And it seems difficult to believe that once you understand that that you would ever want to, out of choice, go down a very medical route. I mean, I know people, you know, people still do. um, And ultimately, you know, it's always up to what they feel comfortable with. And I think fear, obviously fear has a lot to do with that. You know, you can still feel very fearful of it, which is fair enough. Um, But yeah, definitely. And everyone that's listening to this, you know, they've already interested and they already understand the benefits of it um and hypnobirthing which is which is great so yeah yeah Yeah, I mean there was
1: some when people ask me like why I'll say
0: you (laughs) know I had
1: an unmedicated birth they're like
0: why would you do that (laughs) you
1: don't have to (laughs) yeah exactly and like I remember like one of the first people that said something to me she was like um you know you don't have to prove anything oh yeah people
0: yeah people say that i don't you're not trying yeah, to prove like, anything no,
1: it's, not, it's not about proving anything i'm like these are you yeah. know it's reasons and you know th- those people aren't even yeah. worth the reason and know, yeah, people
0: do. say oh you don't get a medal you don't get a medal for yeah. doing it yeah. naturally it's not about I, it's just not about that like oh. none of it's to yeah prove anything i think some people just don't you just don't want to go down an unnecessary like there's nothing yeah. wrong with having you know medical intervention and a a more medical birth and thank goodness we have those options because Mm -hmm. some people genuinely do need that which is it's great that we have that there's nothing wrong with it but I think that if you don't need it yeah you know it seems like why would you want to go down that route because actually it can do harm to yourself and to the baby and I think those are things that people don't look at that side of it And the potential things that come along with those types of medical interventions that could potentially, you
1: know, impact themselves
0: in their recovery and in their, you know, mental state afterwards and things like that. Um, But also the baby and, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, all of those things are worth considering, like the whole picture as to why you're choosing something.
1: Yeah. I mean, people people did this and still do it in tribes and, you know, exactly. where there's not a medicalized environment and I think integrative medicine just in general is excellent and that everybody should uh benefit from that but yeah that was one another thing I kept telling myself like hundreds of years ago people did this on their own and animals do it you know like animals do it every day are literally made to do this so you can it's just a a mental game too more than anything
0: yeah I was uh, again I was this podcast I was listening to it was talking about you know, if an animal was giving birth, like if you had a cat that was in labour, mm-hmm. and you know you were a kid and you went in the room, what would your mum do? Your mum would say, "Shh, you know, Shh, don't disturb the cat." Yeah, and you know that's completely understandable. But when we're in labour, it's okay to come and like yeah. you know disturb all us and talk it. to us and yeah. all of that. <laughs> but we all know, like from a young age, that if there was an animal in labour, you do not mm-hmm. you leave it alone. Yeah, like we all know that. Yeah, don't
1: go anywhere <laughs> near it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Why are we not doing that with ourselves? Like, yeah. Yeah. It just made so much sense. And I thought, God, i have not really thought about it that way before. But of course, like, I know. Perfect sense. And that that's where it all it
1: all tied in for me. And it was like a light bulb because I was already like I'm already like love the whole aspect of like living primitively. Like, yeah. It goes hand in hand with you anyway, with what you
0: you believe. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: it just kind of like brought it to another level. Like I was already like on board with a lot of that stuff. But then learning about it, just like, it just made so much sense to me. I guess it it would have been
0: quite conflicting for you, like your personality to then go down a very medical route when that's not anything that you've, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't live your life that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and it did, this whole, this, this whole experience like changed everything for me too. Like, as far as like, just because a doctor says something, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Like, no, you know,
0: doesn't mean they're right. Yeah,
1: like you know, you're in control, and and yeah. that I also took a lot of that from yeah. this.
0: No, definitely, that's the thing. You know, you you know yourself better than anybody, and you know you're the main person you should listen to, and you should definitely listen to others. But they don't. They're not always right. Like, you know, doctors are not always right. I know we like to believe they are. Yeah but they're not, they have their own agendas sometimes with things. Um, so ultimately, you know, listen to what everyone's telling you, but ultimately it's up to you. And if you don't feel comfortable with something, you don't have to do it. Like it's, you know, it seems yes. so simple, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we kind of overcomplicate it, I think. But thank yeah. you so much. That was really interesting. Yeah. I love listening yeah. to um, to your story and it sounds lovely. And she yeah, was born was in, was it August? Yes, yeah, so August 12th. Oh so she's only a a few she's months old. 3 months she? yesterday yeah. <laughs> oh sweet. Oh nice. Yeah. Oh well, I hope you're uh, you're doing okay and getting on all right. Um and yeah thank you for sharing your story because it is so helpful yeah. for other people to to listen to as you know Absolutely. so I loved the podcast so I was happy to be on it. <laughs> oh no thank you so much and it yeah. was um yeah it was really lovely to meet you. Yes you too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you take care. Thank you so much to Marissa for sharing her lovely story with you guys. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope the the kind of chat that we had around physiological birth and everything like that and kind of, you know, the spontaneity of it and how our hormones work and things was useful for you. Um, and if you're interested in finding out more about things like that, then obviously I do offer courses. They're all linked below um, for more information. So like group courses, you can have, you know, you can access them worldwide no matter where you are because they are on Zoom. And I also have a digital course, which is a kind of pre-recorded watch in your own time type course. And I also am a full service doula, so offering doula support, which is useful and needed for so many people. So if you are Essex based in the UK, then I am on hand for kind of physical and emotional support in terms of kind of doula. Um, And if you are not, if you are based out of that area but would still like some form of doula support, then I do offer virtual doula support as well, which could be an option and could be worth looking into. So again, that is all linked in the info box. You can check out I offer you can come and have a chat to me you can email me um claire at thenurturnest.co.uk you can come and chat to me on instagram which is at the underscore nurture underscore nest again all linked below um I'd love to hear from you so thank you I'll see you in two weeks time with a brand new episode take care everyone see you soon